and welcome to a special bonus episode of Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bear cast. Only we're not covering a Berenstain Bears book today. And why? We're going to be covering Nothing Ever Happens at the South poll. Now, in case that title sounds a little bit familiar to you, it's because I mentioned it in the last episode. It's the book that was written and was supposed to come after The Big Honey Hunt, but instead we got The Bike Lesson. Was this a good thing? Was this a bad thing? Well, let's find out. A little history. I covered this last time, but I only gave you the meat of it. Now we're going to get get down into the gristle, the, the Berenstain Bear gristle. So, Stan and Jan Berenstain wrote and published The Big Honey Hunt, and it was a huge success. And so, they started cooking up new ideas to take to Ted Geisel, Dr. Seuss, their editor. But in the meeting, he said, no, 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 no. You don't want to do another Bears book. Bears are going to be, as he said, a millstone around your neck. And there's too many bears already. There's Yogi Bear. There's Smokey Bear. There's the three bears. There's too many bears in popular culture. People are going to get tired of bears. And you're going to get tired of bears. No, 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 no. You need to do something completely different. Leave the bears behind. And now, the Berenstains were devastated by this news. And and that makes sense. If you remember, Ted Geisel told them when they first started writing that in order to write a book well, they had to really get inside the characters, get inside the characters' heads, their histories, their personalities, what they wear, what they ate, what they smoked, where they lived, everything. They had to know these characters inside and out before they could convincingly write a story about them. And it shows. It really shows, even in The Big Honey Hunt, uh, the way they draw Papa and Small Bear, just the way they look at each other, the way they interact with each other, their attitudes. If there's one thing you can say about even the early Berenstain Bear books, it's that the characters are very consistent. Uh, They seem like real characters. They're fully fleshed out. So you can imagine that having spent all the time inside the heads of these characters developing them, the Berenstains were pretty upset that they were going to have to let them go at the behest of their editor. I mean, it was very, it was hard for them. They were looking forward to writing more stories about these bears. But Ted Geisel, he knows what he's talking about, right? So they decided, we'll just do what we're asked. We'll do what we're asked. And they took their inspiration from, of all things, the greatest thing you can possibly use to inspire something you're going to hand to children Cigarette ads. So cool cigarettes. Their mascot used to be a cartoon penguin. Um, If you weren't alive in the early to mid-80s, you probably don't remember that once upon a time, cigarettes were mostly marketed toward children. There were all kinds of cartoon characters and fun pop cultural superheroes that would pitch cigarettes at you because, you know, cigarettes were great. So the Berenstain saw this cool cigarette ad and decided... It wasn't a cool cigarette ad. It was for the cigarettes called Cool Cigarettes, K-O-O-L, and decided a penguin. That's about as far from a bear as you can get. They don't even live in the in the woods. They live in the ice and snow. We're going to create a book about a completely different character, one that looks different, one that lives somewhere different. The, the book will even be a different color scheme because, because we've been asked to do something totally different. So let's do a penguin book. And that was their idea. And the concept they came up with was to do a a walkabout story where a character is just going from point A to point B and behind them crazy things are happening. But they're happening just out of their range of vision. So the characters are never really aware that there are exciting things occurring and then at the end of the story the character says, "Ugh, nothing ever happens around here." So they drew up the book, they wrote it, they took it to Ted Geisel and they said, "Here you go." Here's our new book. So he sits down with it. He starts flipping through it. He's like, hey, Penguin, hey, this is cute. Hey, great title. Hey, by the way, the numbers are coming back on the uh, Big Honey Hunt, and um, we want you to do some more Bears books because they're really popular, and people are kind of asking for more. So we're going to put this Penguin book aside for now, and we'll come back to it later. 
the book wasn't taken out of a box again until 2012 when it was rediscovered while cleaning out the basement of the Berenstain's house. And so Jan Berenstain said, I think it's about time to bring this book out of retirement. And so she took the original notes, the original drawings, everything, uh, added color, fixed them up, put it between two covers, and sold it to the public. When I started this podcast, my idea was to critically review the Berenstain Bears books. Not just, is this good or bad, but what 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 is the development of these stories like? And the one thing I said I wasn't going to do was just be snarky about the books. I mean, they're children's books. They're not written to be picked over from a, a literary perspective. These were not books that were supposed to be scrutinized very closely. They had one job to do, which was to help kids learn how to read, especially in the early days, or to teach a lesson, or to just be entertaining at times. These aren't works of great high literature, and it would be incredibly unfair to to, to tear them apart just because you could, because you have a microphone and an audience. However, nothing ever happens at the South Pole is not within my normal purview. And looking at it, it's really an educational book because it doesn't work. It doesn't work on several levels, uh, on a story level, on a character level, on an illustration level, on a writing level, or on a thematic level. Uh, and none of it works. It's, it's, not a, it's not a good book. It's not a good book at all. Um, in any way, shape, or form. And I think it's important to take a look at that, uh, not to make fun of it, but because it shows where the Berenstains were at that point in their careers because Ted Geisel never edited it. It never fell under the hands of the great Dr. Seuss. And, it can sh- and it sh- it's good to look at because it's very, it's very pure early Berenstain. Uh, so I want to take a look uh, you know, briefly at Nothing Ever Happens at the South Pole, because historically speaking, it's it's a fascinating uh, arch- uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Artifact. It's a fascinating artifact. So, your basic idea. There's a penguin. He's sitting at home in an igloo. Right off the bat, things are kind of shaky because there's a penguin in an igloo. But in any case, penguin's in an igloo. Sitting, just sitting. Book comes in through the mail slot. On the book, it says, write down what happens in me. And the penguin says, okay, and heads out. From a storytelling perspective, you have a main character who has very little motivation to do anything. Once the penguin gets out, he says, maybe I can write about this snowball I made. No, throws it over his shoulder. There's wolves sneaking up behind him and the snowball snowballs and becomes a big snowball and it falls on the wolves and stops them and he says maybe if a monster was chasing me and i threw a snowball and it came into a big snowball and it crushed the monster that would be exciting to write about but that's not going to happen as it's happening and then he jumps on some lumps of bumps of snow and they're actually polar bears and the polar bears think that the other polar bears did it and so they start fighting behind him and he says maybe if some monsters were behind me that'd be interesting but it doesn't happen and then a walrus almost kills him on an ice floe, but he doesn't see it. And then he goes underwater, and some whales try to kill him, but he doesn't see it. And then he goes home, and he goes to bed. If it sounds like I'm a little unenthusiastic about the plot and that I'm kind of downplaying it, I'm not. That's about the level it plays at. It's very slow and dull and no, no, 
nothing happens. Uh, I, I guess the title is a little true. Um, so let's take a look at this. Okay, so you have a protagonist who is vaguely trying to do something. They want to find something. They want. To, they want. They want something to happen. They don't want to do anything. They want something to happen. And they don't see things when they do happen. So you have a you have a protagonist who's not engaged in any of the action in the story. There are things occurring around him, but not to him. And I keep saying him. The penguin isn't given a name or a personality or a motivation. It's just this character. But I'm going to say him because they refer to the penguin as him in their notes. So him. Uh the penguin doesn't want to do anything. Things keep happening around him. He's not engaged in any of it. That's not a good story. That's not a good plot. Uh, if if it had been given, say, to the Berenstain Bears, uh, and suppose Papa was out and not noticing things happening around him, and Small Bear was with him trying to constantly get his attention, and Papa Bear kept almost causing accidents or having horrible things befall him, and by the end of the story, Small Bear was worn out from trying to protect Papa, and they got home, and Papa was like, well, nothing ever happens in the woods. But Small Bear is just, like, exhausted and lying flat on the floor. That's a more engaging story, because you have characters actually interacting with each other. But if nothing ever happens at the South Pole, nothing ever happens. So right off the bat, you're, 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 you're in a story in which there is no story. But that's neither here nor there. As, as long as everything else is in place, that can work. Unfortunately, like I said, the main character isn't interesting. It's just an unnamed penguin. It's not particularly well-conceived. Uh, I'll tell you right now that the cool penguin looked a lot better. It was very cute. This penguin doesn't really look much like a penguin. Uh, I mean, maybe it does in someone's mind, but it it, it, it has weird banana tentacle arms and... Its beak changes shape and size, uh, has strange, creepy claw feet and long legs with knees. It's an uncomfortable-looking character. I'm not a fan of, of unnamed penguin. Um, the illustrations in general are are very clunky. They look very first drafty. The layout is... Uh, in the big honey hunt, as sketchy and loopy as those drawings were, you got used to this dynamic movement, the way these characters interacted with their environment. There's there's none of that here. There's none of that here. I, I mean, I'd be tempted to say this was something done at the last minute, very late uh, in the Jan Berenstain's career, but from their blog, it's very obvious. These were based on the original illustrations that they had done. So it just looks like they never got a chance to refine it. They look like first ideas. Um the big sticking point in this book is the writing. It is below subpar. Uh, I'm going to give a couple of examples. So if you hear page turns, that's that's me turning pages. Um, so the, 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 the penguin is out, picks up a snowball and says, uh, where is it? Hey, something happened. I made a snowball. Look, I can write that down in my book. Okay, the next page. No, that is no good. I made a snowball. Look, that is not good for my new book. It's very filler. They, they, it sounds like they wrote down stuff just to have words on a page. There's no sense of, of rhythm, of meter, of, of rhyme scheme. Uh, things Words get thrown in to rhyme just because they're there. 
A giant snowball would be good. That I could write about. Yes, I could. A snowball that went round and round and smashed some baddies to the ground. That's about the level we're operating at. The Big Honey Hunt had had much more dynamic rhymes because they had been worked on uh, by Dr. Seuss, the man himself, who understood that rhyming and poetry takes refinement and and care. This is this is very very weak writing. Um, so I find this as an artifact to be a fascinating book. Um, it's it's not a good book, but it is a important book. There's a few things about the main character that rub me the wrong way. There's a weird part where he goes underwater and thinks he sees an eye. It's actually a snail, but he thinks he sees a big eye looking at him. And so he says, uh, something big will happen now when I punch that big thing's eye. Pow! So you have a main character who is just going to punch an eye because he saw it. And that, okay. And uh, the snail that he was going to punch actually has a little, like, question mark above its head because what what the heck are you doing none of this book is 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 appealing none of this book is 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 good it's not a good book again i don't want to be snarky about it i just think that its place in berenstain bears history is fascinating they could have gone in this direction this could have been the next uh berenstain book and would it have been a success it wouldn't have been this it wouldn't have been the book that i'm holding in my hand right now it would have been something that they had worked on with dr seuss that had been refined by the man himself and i have to believe it would have been a lot better but as it stands it is just a first draft that had some color added to it now i don't want to take away from the fact that jan berenstain uh stan berenstain had already died by the time that the book had uh, been just rediscovered that jan berenstain was very excited to have this published it meant a lot to her and i don't want to take that away from the family or their experiences or this book's place in history i i, I think it was fantastic that it was finally released um and like I said, as a, as a play, piece of Berenstain history, it's a very important work. It's just not a good standalone book. And after this, the Berenstains went on to write more Berenstain bear books. And they were very good and very successful. And the bike lesson was hilarious. And it makes my four-year-old laugh out loud every time we read it. Even she's aware that Nothing Ever Happens at the South Pole isn't a very good book. So to sum up, um, nothing ever happens to the South Pole. The story is weak. Uh, it doesn't serve its character well at all. The character is weak. He's not well-defined. Obviously, the Berenstains hadn't spent weeks and weeks discovering who this character was or why he was important. The illustrations are subpar, particularly for their time. There's no sense of, of style. There's no sense of, of motion. There's no sense of importance in any of the character's movement. Uh, the scale changes. The character go off model with every single page it's just not pretty to look at the writing is so poorly done it's difficult to read at times uh it's difficult to scan a sentence to figure out what the character is is saying or what its motivations are uh they have to twist words around so much just to get a rhyme in that you wonder why they even bothered making it a rhyming book. I can't imagine the writing would help children learn how to read because they'd, been, they'd spend so much time trying to figure out how the sentences are even put together. Again, maybe a little unfair to judge because this was a first attempt and Ted Geisel would have worked with them through the refinement of the of the poetry. But this is what they put out. This is what they published. And again, fascinating because it shows you how much work 
Ted Geisel did with them. Now, I'm not saying that he wrote the books for them. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that he was a very important editor, and it shows the 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 need for someone to have, especially this early in a career, a really strong editorial hand uh, behind the production of their of their product. And then uh, thematically, the themes are practically non-existent. The only idea is pay attention to what happens around you, but it doesn't really matter because the penguin was never in any danger to begin with because if the penguin had been paying attention, then all the accidents that stopped all the terrible things wouldn't have happened. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. actually know what this is. There's no motivating factor behind this character. It's just it's just a boring book. So nothing ever happens at the South Pole. Uh, my first uh, bonus episode, I just wanted to cover this book because it's such a weird little artifact. I keep using the word artifact because I finally figured out what it was. So uh, join me next time for uh, The Bear's Picnic. That's the next actual uh, Berenstain Bear book in the series. So uh, we'll see what happens when the bears go for a picnic. Perhaps shenanigans ensue. Perhaps not, but most likely they do because it's a book. All right, and I will uh, see you next time. <laughs>